Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast, where Pat Fenner and Tracy Hegerman candidly discuss all things homeschooling, the good, the bad, and the brilliant. Go ahead and grab your favorite drink, find a cozy spot, and join this week's lively discussion. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the You Can Homeschool podcast. I'm Pat Fenner from Breakthrough Homeschooling. And once again, the lovely Tracy Hagerman and I are going to be talking about candid conversations about homeschooling. But today is a special edition. It is... (laughs) It is the back to school. I know that sounds like a sick cow or something, doesn't it, Tracy? (laughs) But that's, that's supposed to be exciting. It's a party favorite kind of thing. And we're celebrating back to school. Super excited about it. Even, let me just encourage you with, even if you, you're not necessarily feeling it, you know, because you weren't really planning or expecting to homeschool this year, uh, uh, borrow some of our enthusiasm because we are really excited about uh, what the year can bring, the possibilities and the opportunities that you will have, even amidst this pandemic craziness that we live in. Don't worry about it. Shut the news off. Enjoy homeschooling. Love on your kids. Learn together, and you can have a great year. So Tracy and I are going to just kind of talk about some of the things that we, our family's done over the years, so that maybe that will inspire you or encourage you to, you know, to make a fresh start and have some excitement. And uh, Tracy, you guys kick us off today and tell us what are some of the things that you've done to celebrate back to school. All right. So in Canada, we have Labor Day, which starts uh, usually the very beginning of September. So it's a long weekend. And then we would normally start school right after that. So it's usually around the first week of September. And so the first thing we would do on the very first day, I would actually take my kids downstairs. And on the wall, I would have measured their height on the wall and there would be from the previous year what their height was so it was a fun thing we did it was one of the first things we would go down and we'd measure them and we'd look at the change and so we still have those lines on our wall never painted over it or anything seeing how you know how they progressed and so as and sometimes I think when they were littler we'd also do their weight Mm -hmm. and then the other thing I would book for that week is um, how uh, when kids would go back to school usually they'd have like school pictures sometime in the fall taken well I would usually book ours at a local department store that had like a photography place and we would go and do our school pictures and it was always a lot of fun because um some parents would you know use the the photography facility over the summer but when we go that first week the person working there was like twiddling their thumbs because everyone's back to school so there's nobody coming in for photos so when we'd come in we would spend a couple hours and usually um it was usually a a girl and she would use different backdrops and stuff and we'd be there way longer and we'd end up with a lot more photos just because she had time and she you know three subjects she could use so that was something that we we did over a number of years um just to you know make the transition fun Mm -hmm. then um the first friday 
when we were back to school, we would actually have a not back to school outing with a number of other homeschoolers where we met at a place called Upper Canada Village, which is, uh, I think the time period is the early 1900s. And so it's like a village and there's all these little houses and a barn and all kinds of different places where you'd go where you'd go and see how they make cheese or they make bread by hand and these big ovens and how like the iron worker would use the you know the they heat things up and bend things anyways they would they would there this would be just inundated just with homeschoolers that day and um some people also would dress up in the costume of the time period so some of the kids would do that and that was an annual thing that was done every year so that was a lot of fun because i knew they'd see all these friends um that maybe they hadn't seen over the summer or that um, so that was the not back to school. Now, in terms of, okay, what about the academics? What were we doing that week? Well, we really used that week as a transition into homeschooling. So day one, we weren't like, you know, all scheduled out. We're doing all these eight subjects or whatever. What we did instead is I would take their, uh, their math test from the end of the last year. So either a cumulative test that they had already done and I'd kept a copy or sometimes if they had quarterly tests, I didn't even have them do a cumulative test at the end of the year. I would save it for September. And mm -hmm. so what they would do, they would each get their math um, test and they usually could do it over two days. And I would have them do the test, but they were allowed to use their textbook if they got stuck. And the whole reason we did this is we actually homes, we took three months off in the summer from official homeschooling. Um, we finished May 31st, which is actually my birthday. It was a little gift to myself <laughs> every year. And so a lot of people would say, how do your kids remember, especially in math from the previous year? And part of it is that we always worked towards mastery before we moved on. But come September, when I re-gave them a test or gave them the cumulative test from the last year, it would be able to jog their memory. What, what was I working on? And then the pieces that they couldn't remember, they were encouraged to go back to their book and just look it up. And so the test was never about a mark. It was always just to jog their memory and just put them back in the framework. Okay, okay, this is the math I know. And now we're going to start moving on. And that should be really encouraging to people who, who may be coming to homeschooling or home educating from the traditional school setting because that's very... Uh, similar to what goes on in, in, in a traditional school setting. You know, you have the big three-month break, and then you start in the next grade. And, and honestly, I think most teachers will tell you, the first know, couple of weeks, at least a month, is spent on review. You know, now this is not, we're not talking about high school now because those are you know, totally separate math sections, you know, math uh, subjects. But uh, in, uh, in elementary school, you're pretty much reviewing what, you know, what they start, uh, ended at last year because of that three-month break so even if you're coming into this from a traditional school setting using this technique that uh, Tracy does really fits right into you know something you can do at home fits right into how your kids may be used to and um, allows you to have that big break and still move forward yeah yeah and, and then and then sometimes they might run into something that like okay fractions I, you know, we really thought, okay, they got through it, but maybe they didn't have complete understanding or something because maybe we ended with that at the year before. So then you would know, okay, now this is the area we're just going to make sure we really have before we move on. So it's always a really good platform to start 
from. And then the other thing we did, like for us, academics is only a quarter of what we considered homeschooling. So the other piece that we did is we were always focused on being outside a couple hours a day. And so we would talk, we would sit down and talk about what were the activities they wanted to do that day. Mm -hmm. So maybe they wanted to learn how to rollerblade. Maybe that is something they had done before. So we talk about, okay, well, how, when are we going to do that during the week? What are the things? And we usually had something different, physical activity, different every day. So we made a lot of fun. Um, and part of that outdoor time could have been like, uh, let's make kites and go fly kites or let's get all the batteries for our, all their remote control little vehicles. And I remember we had eight going outside. Oh, with all fun. So we would, we would kind of schedule that in like, okay, what are some of the things we want to do? And we make a big list and then we'd say, oh, so when it was that time, it's like, let's go outside. What do you guys want to do? We had this sort of list of things mm -hmm. that we had talked about in the first week, things we really want to do. And it's kind of fun, you know, checking off some of those. And then the other thing that we did as part of our homeschooling was um, volunteering. And that changed from, from year to year. Um, how we were volunteering and my my kids spent a lot of time in the community volunteering so that was the other thing that we would talk about what and I and just to let people know we, we've done a whole episode on that and I will put the link to the episode on volunteering in the show notes so uh, that's an excellent thing to discuss you know prepare and plan on with your kids and even though you may have to you know tweak things because of COVID right now uh, there's a there's also a great uh, download that that Tracy offers in that episode so i'll put the link to that episode in the show notes you know, for volunteering yeah i think it i think it's called 20 ways to volunteer without leaving your neighborhood <laughs> and i wrote it because of covid because people were saying well how do you do the volunteer thing just right. kind of brainstorm that but um so i guess the first week was very much about planning and when my kids were really, really young, okay, they didn't do a lot of the planning. But even in like grades three or four, we would talk that first week about the previous year and all what we had done in terms of volunteering, in terms of activities, in terms of academics, and what worked well. Mm -hmm. And then we would talk about what didn't work, like things that they didn't like how it went. And we would, through a conversation over the course of that week, we pretty much planned out our year. Mm -hmm. And even though we planned, we're extremely flexible but we kind of knew where we wanted to be at the end of each month in terms of the academics and then if we, if we didn't have it planned out some of it would never get done right absolutely yeah so and one of the other big pieces is we planned in um what i called scheduled downtime so this was times in the week and we we tried to have this in each and every day where we would have a couple of hours that there were there was nothing that the kids had to do in no like no chores or no homework or whatever it was just time that they could do whatever they wanted but it wasn't allowed to be electronics or television okay so, Tracy, yeah i have to interrupt for a second but wouldn't that cause them to and and i hesitate to say the b word but wouldn't they become bored well I mean, people say that, but I've never found that with my kids. They always have so many things they want to do, so many projects they want to work on that they were, they love this time. And sometimes, you know, my daughter, you'd find her in the tree outside reading a book. That might be what she wanted to do. Uh, one of my daughters was really into music 
And she would go sit on the piano for two hours. That's what she loved to do. And then my son always was building and designing something. And he would have 12 projects on the go. So I don't know, bored was really not a term in our house, to be honest. It's very, very rare that I ever heard my kids say I was bored. If anything, they were like, oh, I wish I had more time to, to do something. Well, let me, and let me just interject here too, because I can hear some of you right now saying, well, that's not my kids. If I got to take the phone away, they're going to get bored. Don't be afraid of that word. Really, bored is okay because it, Nana Tracy mentions, you know, that they had gone through and made lists of some things that they wanted to, to do and there were activities that their kids already knew they were interested in. And that might be something that you might want to take for your beginning of the year and sit down and have a conversation with your kids. You know, what are some things that you wanted to do that you couldn't do last year because you were, you know, in school or what are some um, what are some activities or what's, you know, what whatever, make a list of that kind of stuff. And when they're boarding kind of gently point them to that list because boredom is not a bad thing. Boredom means that they're, that they're not being self, um, you know, they're not being distracted. There's just nothing to distract them, which is a good thing because then they can start listening to themselves and taking, taking note of, of what they want to do and what their interests are. And that's just not something that is very common in our culture which is why we have that, you know, we're so afraid of that word bored. But if your kids have healthy, interesting options, then the, and I'm using air quotes here, if you're hearing this, the, the, the bored time of life is an opportunity to go explore them. And, and, and you'll find, I'm 99.9% I'm .9 sure that you'll find, as Tracy has found, that your kids will use that word less and less and, and eventually, that, will, that word will be lost from their vocabulary because they'll know that, okay, no, wait, I'm not really bored. I'm just not sure what I want to pursue right now, what I want to do right now, what, I'm, what I feel like studying or learning or what activity I want. And that'll cause them to think about that and then go pursue it. So, you know, what Trace, that, that, that's a great beginning of the year activity to do to sit down with your kids, like Tracy describes, so that, especially if you're working at home, uh, you know, the, the mom is working, you know, so that when you're busy, when you have a meeting, when school's out and your kids are, you know, maybe don't have something planned, scheduled for them, they do have options and they can pursue them. So, yeah, that's great how you, you kind of pull all that together, Tracy. Yeah. And, and the other thing that, um, and, and we didn't figure this out right away is, you know, we, we plan a lot of this stuff, but the reason the scheduled downtime became such a huge piece of our homeschooling is because in one of the conversations one year of talking about what things do they want to do, we usually ha let our kids pursue two paid options. So that could be piano and swimming or, uh, you know, scouting and something else. And my son basically spoke up and said, I only want to do scouting. I don't want another activity. And I'm like, oh, I want to be fair. You know, the girls are taking dance or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, mom, I need more time to pursue some of the projects I want to do at home. Mm -hmm. And he's pretty introverted. And it really spoke to me because I'm an extrovert and I can go nonstop and I'm energized, but he needed more downtime of his own to recharge his batteries and, you know, go down avenues that were important to him. And, you know, without that conversation, I don't know if I would have 
clued in. Mm -hmm. So it was really good to have them involved in that planning and to really figure it out. And I believe that that time, that scheduled downtime has what has made my kids so creative and so flexible. When something happens, they're like, okay, well, we'll do something else. Like it allows them to pivot. And boy, is that ever important in the world we live in now? Absolutely. You said it. Definitely pivoting. That's a skill that, that we all need to learn. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things you did on the back to school? Well, we're, <laughs> we're a big thing with food. Our family food is like a big, big, so we you know one of our things is we'd, I'd always have a breakfast. And if my daughter's listening to me recording this right now, I bet you she'll come and tell me later. Well, we didn't do a special breakfast mom yesterday because our first day back was officially yesterday. And, but we would have a, a breakfast and, and just kind of make it a big thing. We did, we did pictures, but I never did. And, and now I kind of do wish I had done pictures like at a studio or whatever, but we, you know, I would just take them on my phone. And a lot of things, I, a lot of times I see, uh, especially on Instagram now is, you know, kids standing the first day of first grade and all that stuff. And I mean, that could be a really cute tradition that you start doing. And then you could print out those pictures and put them in the front slide of the their binder for that year. And actually you could take it at the end of the year too, and then kind of compare, you know, kind of like what Tracy was doing with the, doing the height on the, the wall, you know, you could also have do that with compare first day of school versus last day of school in pictures. And that would be kind of fun to do too. So yeah, we, we did the food kind of thing, but we also spent our first day or first week too of school was really kind of forward thinking like uh, Tracy was talking about too. So we would, we would do things like one of the kids, it was their job to go through the marker box. We had always had a marker box, you know, when the kids were younger. So, and we'd have crayons and markers and colored pencils and that, and they'd have to go through and sharpen the pencils or try the markers and see which ones weren't, you, you know, usable. And then we'd, we'd start making a list, you know, we need notebooks, we need binders and stuff. And we would do our school shopping as part of first day of school, you know, or for the first week of school, because we were all kind of starting to engage. And I really wanted the kids to kind of take ownership about their learning. And so I didn't want to be the one to just nine o'clock at night, you know, the night before school started, go out to Walmart and get all these school supplies. I wanted them as part of that. Okay, we're going to get that notebook because you like it and you're going to use it. So we made a big deal about getting everything, getting all our supplies prepped too. And that was, that was part of it. So we did that as well. And we did try to do like special things. We didn't have the, the, the trip you talk about was an annual thing that our homeschool co-op used to do. Go to one of those old, old timey living places, which was so much fun. We used to love that. But we used to have a park day with our co-op as well, which was, you know, kind of the icebreaker or whatever, you know, you'd meet everybody for the first time, you know, new members and all that stuff, and we'd go and, and have fun. And that was the beginning of the year as well. So we kind of sat down, What I, as the kids got older, and we did try to talk about, you know, what are your goals for the year? Uh, my daughter, this year, starting uh, junior year in high school, and we sat down the other day and planned out, she's doing some dual enrollment, but she's also doing uh, a chemistry and languages here at the house. And we planned out, you know, this is, this is the material that you're using. These are benchmarks. She's very organized, which is helping. I'm really trying to take a hands-off approach, but a very uh, involved conversationally approach and have, helping her to think through things. And because you don't know what you don't know, right? And so I realized what things that she will have to be aware of in high school that she may not be aware of. And so we sat down and, you know, talked about what are some benchmarks for our chemistry 
course, you know, that you'll have to do, for example. And we haven't started dual enrollment yet, so that'll be a whole other conversation once that starts about planning your day. She is still working and, and will be keeping a paid job. So we have to kind of work those conversations through, you know, how are you going to, how many hours do you think you can work given this workload? And so our beginning of the year is really in high school, in the older grades, starting to look more like, how are you going to, how are you going to be adulting? You know, it's really prepping for adulting, which is as it should be. I was talking to my daughter, my older daughter this morning, and she said, oh, well, it sounds like you're homeschooling, but you're not really homeschooling. Like you're not teaching anything. And I was like, well, you know what? At high school, honestly, there's not much I should be teaching. I mean, I admittedly can't do chemistry, biology, trigonometry, you know, like the, those weren't my strong suits, the maths and sciences. But it is my job to find out resources based on knowing my daughter's learning style, to find resources that she can use to learn that and, and to help her, you know, to not spoon feed her because that's why we are homeschooling, right? We don't want to recreate what's happening in the school, in the traditional school setting. We want her to learn how best she learns. And she needs to know that because once she graduates, uh, I won't be around to help her figure things out. I mean, she can always come back to me and she knows that to talk things through. But I won't be there to help her, you know, do the day-to-day -day work of getting whatever it is, whether it's college or career or whatever her future brings her. I won't be there to, to work her through that. So this is the time while we're together, while she's home, that I can help her walk through that. So, you know, in the older years, you, you're beginning of the school year, you know, you want to have that fun start and everything like that and just to get off on a good foot. But it's going to look very differently than it does when you're younger, you know, when you have younger kids at home. I really, I really like Pat when you're mentioning your daughter would be um, working while she was going to school. And our, our children all had part-time jobs as well. And I've heard parents sometimes say like, no, no, I don't want them working during school because I want them to put school as a priority. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, depending on your child, like sometimes it might be too much, but I think for the most part, even if they're working like even one shift a week, it teaches them about real life that you have to juggle all these balls. And if you're just like, oh, I'm just focusing on school. Well, they can't just focus on school 100% of the time. So why not have them have a part-time job? And in our case, our kids had part-time jobs and those part-time jobs paid for their schooling. They all paid for their higher education and they walked out debt-free. And people say, how did they do that? We didn't pay for it. They did. But it was just those, you know, over time, those jobs, the right. money adds up, you know. So well, I like what you're saying, like you want your daughter to own it and to become an adult. To me too, that's, that's so important. We, yeah. we want to teach them how to learn but not spoon feed them. <laughs> that doesn't help them. So I'm like with you on that 100%. <laughs> and honestly, you know, studies have shown that students who, uh, I'm not sure if it was college or high school, but students who do have, who work or employed while they're learning tend to do better in their grades. Because uh, my oldest daughter was definitely an example of that too. Um, she learned how to manage her time. So she rarely, if ever, you know, maybe her freshman year she was adjusting, but rarely, if ever, do I remember her cramming for finals. And her, it used to drive her roommates absolutely bonkers because they'd be like, you know, three in the morning and, you know, down in cups of coffee with the lights on and trying to study. And she'd be asleep, you know, before finals. And she said, you know, I plan time to study while 
while the semester's going and in between working and, you know, she would watch how many hours she'd work so that she had enough time to study. And she said, I just keep up with it. So I really don't have to cram. I, you know, I do review and I'll spend a little bit extra time before a test, but she never had to cram like that because she learned how to do that while she was home maintaining a job and school, you know, dual enrollment and classes at home and volunteering. She learned how to manage her time. And yeah. that's the biggest gift we can give our kids because moms and especially parents that we're speaking to that, that you are trying to work at home now during this pandemic, you know that adulting, that life is, you don't know what she's, what's going to throw at you, first of all, and that you have to, you don't have the excuse to say, well, I can't do this. I don't have the time. Like, no, you have to figure out how to fit in what you need to get done. You don't have options on that stuff, you know? And um, it's better for them to learn it younger so that they know how to pivot, right? That word that you're using for it too. Because you, don't, you never know what life's gonna throw at them. Yeah, and I've been getting a lot of questions from parents about, okay, well, we have to do the academics, but then there's a whole rest of the day. I don't want them to just be on the computer. And I'm thinking, well, what an opportunity. Get them to set the table, get them to make a simple dish you know, to cook something or teach them, oh, you know what, why don't you learn how to do your laundry? And I mean, it sounds crazy, but if they have a few little chores and they have their academics and then they have some time where they can go outside, they're old enough without you. If you're working or that, if they can be in the backyard or if they're young, that you can all go outside for a little bit of a break, then I think you can make the day can be very rich. It doesn't have to be okay, we have the academics and then go sit in front of the electronics. It doesn't have to be like that because their self worth will will rise as they contribute more and more to the family and feel like they're valued because oh, thank you, the table set all ready for dinner, you know, like, so putting in those little things, there's such an opportunity for them to develop their own self-esteem by being a con contributing member of the family rather than the parents serving on the kids. Right. All righty. Well, that is awesome. And I think that's that we kind of, we've kind of touched on a lot of subjects. And, <laughs> and yeah, we did really mean to just make this the back school, but I hope you also have a picture of what possibilities you have as you start school. So I know that we kind of threw, you know, we kind of followed a lot of rabbit trails, but that is the picture about what is possible and the potential for back to school this year. And, and Tracy and I are thrilled to death about it. And we hope that you can catch some of that, as I mentioned earlier, catch some of our enthusiasm as well. And feel free to borrow it. Like if you're not having it at your home, borrow some of our enthusiasm and just use it for now until you, you can get your own and, and have your own vision about what can happen for you and your family this year. And like I always like to say, I believe homeschooling can be the best kept lifestyle secret in the world if it's set up properly. So my prayer for all of you is that you just enjoy that time with your kids and make the best of it. This is an opportune time to try some new things and have your kids delve into some new areas that they may never thought of before. Right. So yeah. All right. So go, so go for it. And uh, I guess we'll see you in the next episode then. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the You Can Homeschool podcast. Thanks for joining us for another candid conversation. For more information on life-changing books, 
courses, and coaching services, or if you have a homeschooling topic you'd like to hear discussed in a show, check our show notes for how to reach out to Pat and Tracy. 